For February, we've been talking about this collection of talks called Hacks to Healthy Relationships. I want you to know today, we need healthy relationships. How many of you would be honest and say you've had an unhealthy relationship before? Okay, all right, you know, I would put every appendage up that I have, hands and feet, right? We've had unhealthy relationships in our life before. And we know the pain and frustration that comes from those. Well, just as we want you to be confident that God wants a relationship with you today, we want you to be confident as well that God wants you to have healthy relationships in your life. He doesn't want your life to be full of dysfunction. He doesn't want your life to be full of isolation and loneliness. He wants you to have good people around you. He wants you to see the desires of your heart come to reality. But it all starts with one thing. It's been our theme for 2022, to seek God first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, to seek God first, and all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? I don't know, but it's from God, it's good, and I want all of it. And I just want to seek Him first, and all these things will be added unto us. The title of today's message is Strong and Lasting. Strong and Lasting. See, that's what I want for relationships in my life strong relationships, lasting relationships, not just ones that are fun or feel good or what I want. I want ones that are strong and lasting, ones that get get me through the difficult times, ones that have been there for me in my worst days and my best days, ones that I know that are committed to helping me see who I am in Jesus, to remind me who God created me to be and also look out for me when I'm my own worst enemy relationships and friendships that are strong and lasting. And today we're gonna lean into those relationships in our life that maybe we're searching for, maybe we have, maybe we once had. We're gonna talk about dating and intimate and marriage relationships in our life. And whether you're married or in a relationship or single today, I promise you the message is for you because we all need it. We all need to understand how God has designed and defined and helped us through these things. And I love today because I don't have to share alone. I get to share the stage together uh, with a couple people later on, but also my very best friend and my beautiful wife as well. Would you give a shout and welcome Pastor Adrian to the stage today as she comes and shares with us. Come on, looking great in that blazer today. Um, love you, love you. Well, grab a seat. Oh yeah, go grab a microphone. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and we're gonna kind of share together and then we're gonna invite uh, a couple people up with us later to kind of share their story. But really, Um, We believe God has blessed us with something that's been strong and lasting. Uh, We were just trying to, it's funny, we were just trying to figure this out this past Thursday at our married circle, but this September, we're celebrating seven years of marriage, right? Literally, don't ask me, I can't do the math. Seven years, we've made it through, it's going well, we're excited, we've kept a little human alive for almost four of those years, which has been great, who we'll talk about in just a second. Um, But... One of the things that one of my best friends prophesied over us when we got married, uh, he was he was saying the toast for our wedding, and he's a really amazing spiritual guy, and so he turned it into like a prophecy moment, which is great. And he pretty much prophesied over Adrian and I that we would always be better together, that we can do a lot on our own. We're talented people individually, but if we want to see that divine, miraculous influence that God's gifted us to have, it's always going to happen in this scenario. And so we want to encourage you with that today. We want you to know that we don't have all the answers, but we figured out some things. And it's really because we've committed to some of the 
points and principles that we're going to give you today. But why don't you encourage everybody to introduce yourself a little bit, because I talk all the time. So you, you just sing. Why don't you just talk to them today? Hi, <laughs> I'm Adrian. If I have not met you, it's hard to get off stage and meet everybody. Everybody leaves so fast. Stay so I can meet you. It's good. But I'm excited to be here. I love the local church so much. We were talking about in our circle how it's always been like my safe place and my home away from home. And it's always our heart that as we invite you in, that you we invite you into not only our living room on Sundays, but we invite you into God's house. Yes. And so as we talk today, I hope you feel comfortable, like you're talking to friends, you're talking to mentors, um, and you receive wisdom today because wisdom is found in the house of God. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, look at your notes today and up on the screen if you don't have them. In 1 Peter chapter 4, here's what it says. I'm going to read it from the message version. This is Peter, the, the a disciple, follower of Jesus, towards the end of his life and during a time where the church was scattered and broken apart, they were persecuted, going through difficult times. And here's what he says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. And here's what I love. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Here's what I wanna encourage you today is that maybe culture has taught you or the world has influenced you to believe that love is an emotion or a feeling. That's not the case. And it's not how God designed it. And what Peter is reminding the church years, years ago and he's reminding us today is that healthy relationship is not about emotions or feelings. It's about the choice to be in them. It's about the choice to give all of yourself to another individual. It's about the choice to be humble and trusting. Maybe something that you wanna write down today is that feelings are good indicators, but terrible navigators. Yeah. Feelings are good indicators, like, hey, I'm feeling this way, why is that? But feelings should never navigate the trajectory yeah. of my life. If that's too many words for you, let me give you these four words. <laughs> Choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead. I'm choosing, just like RJ said earlier, I'm choosing joy today in my generosity. It's like Pastor Joe prayed, I'm choosing to be encouraged today yeah. because God wants a relationship with me. I may not feel it, my emotions may be empty right now, but I, you know what? I'm gonna choose the love of God today. I'm gonna choose who God says I am today. I'm gonna choose the fact that hope has a name and that name is Jesus. And you know what? My feelings are gonna follow. My emotions are gonna wise up and get with the program because we want to teach you and unpack for you today that God is who he says he is and you are who God says you are, and the relationships he has for you are full and vibrant. Let me give you a couple quick things before we pray and open up. The first thing is that to get what you've never had, you must do what you never have done. To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. Some of us want healthy relationships, but our life personally could not be more unhealthy. So we're gonna have to begin to make those decisions, to lean into that to trust God in these moments. I realized I just skipped the big header point for this, and what we're doing today is to close the gap between intentions and actions. It's been, it's been said before, and I've written this down, that a lot of the frustration and pain we experience in our life is that gap between what we thought was gonna happen and what actually happened. Anything ever happened in your life that didn't go the way you expected? Didn't go the way you wanted? Oh, we got some honest people. It's okay, by the end of it, we're all gonna be open and honest. It's gonna be powerful. We've had those moments where we've wanted this to happen and something else has happened. Well, I would 
encourage you today to understand that a lot of frustration and pain also comes as the good intentions we have that are never followed by good actions. The intentions we have to be healthier, to find healthy relationships, and not stop going back to that same person or that same thing over and over and over again. That's our intention, but our action is to never actually physically say no or physically walk in humility and surrender and trust to our Heavenly Father. To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. But maybe you're married in here. Maybe you've been in a relationship or maybe you are missing out on things you've had in the past. Well, to get what you once had, you must do what you once did. And the encouragement there is to realize that this isn't some sort of thing we have to figure out. We can simply follow and walk with the things that God's given us, God's done for us. Today, I want you to know that maybe you've never had some of these things. Maybe you once had them. Well, I'm gonna give you the things that you can do that maybe you've never done before or give you the healthy reminder of what you can do to get back to that healthy relationship in your marriage, in your current relationship, or even in your singleness right now that you can be single and secure as well knowing that God knows what's best for you and God has the best waiting for you as well. So let's pray and believe that today. But before we pray, we always want you to know that we care about you and care for you. And there's a, uh, a member of our church community right now who's in the hospital dealing with some complications from a surgery they had. Her name's Leslie, and I know she's watching today. We just want to pray for her as well. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we pray and open up our message? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you want us to have healthy relationships. And we thank you that you're in this place. And God, I pray for Leslie right now as she's watching from her hospital room. Father, I pray that you would bring healing and strength to her. Yes. I pray that you would bring peace to her family. God, I pray that you would be with the doctors as they figure things out. And God, that you would bring strength and miraculous healing into that hospital room right now. God, we know that prayers go out and prayers move. Yes. And God, nothing is too difficult for you. So we pray for this individual in our family because when we pray together, miracles happen. So we believe that. Father, we pray that we would open our hearts right now and listen and lean into a very practical but intentional message as well this morning. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Give me a good amen, and let's clap our hands. We're ready for what God's going to speak to us today. Well, well, what I love about this is that sometimes we get really frustrated by confusion. I don't know if you have ever, uh, if you ever had these moments in school. I was telling the team and Adrian about this earlier. I remember uh, having moments in school where I knew I studied for a specific thing, and the question appeared on the exam, but when it came time to actually answer the question, I could not remember what it was. Like I remember highlighting this exact statement in my textbook knowing this is going to be on the test. And then you get to the test and you simply cannot remember the most important word in that thing that you highlighted. I was joking with the team that I still remember in fifth grade, we had a quiz that was on the 50 state capitals. And I was like, oh, I got this. I know every single one. And I got all the way down, and there was one state that I could not remember. Sneaky little Maryland. I could not remember what the capital Anyone? of Maryland was. I know what it is now, Annapolis. Thank you very much. We Googled it. Uh, I would never huddle. forget that. If I'm ever on Jeopardy, I'm going to know what that is. I do, that's a goal of mine to be on Jeopardy one day. Um, so pray for, that, pray for me for that, that to happen. But I remember staring at Maryland and the blank right next to the state name. And I was like, I know what it is. But I, it's on the tip of my tongue, on the tip of my brain, and I just can't write it down. And I remember the teacher got to the, we got to the end of the class, the bell was going off, and she was like, Ryan, you have to turn in the test. And I was like, 
Darn, Mrs. Truville, I, I know what the answer is, but I don't know how to write it. And so finally, you get it, and you get the 49 out of 50, and you're walking down the hallway after class, and you're like, Annapolis! Of course, that what it was, right? Maybe you've never had that experience, but I did, and I still think about it. But the thing is, today, how does that relate, is that sometimes we feel like that's our approach to life, is that there's problems or tests, and we feel like we don't know the answer. We feel like we should know the answer, but we just can't, we can't bring it to our mind. Well, what I wanna encourage you with today and why we're really confident in what we're sharing this morning is that what Adrian and I have allowed to happen in our marriage, in our personal lives, and in our family is to write this down for me, is to let the one who designed relationships define them. Yeah. Let the one who designed relationships define them. Now, we know that God should be the center and forefront of our house, of our family, and we've made practices to do that, even with our young son, Shepherd. And sometimes it seems like, why are we doing this? Is there a difference in this at all? But I wanted Adrian to share a little testimony we just had in our house. And we'll have a slide for you in just a second. But wait till she shares a story to put it up. Um, but we had a big win in our house just this past week with us and with our son, Shepherd. So our son is a little bit of a performer. If anyone <laughs> has gotten to know him, he'll put on a show. But for us, he like doesn't want us to watch. It's like, he, wa he wants to show out and sing and song and dance, but he's like, no, 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 don't watch me, don't watch me. <laughs> and so every night, and for the longest time we've done, we read three books and we read our Bible and pray before he goes to sleep. That's his bedtime routine. And so I've been trying to give him an opportunity every time I'm like, okay, well, is there anything that you wanna tell God? <laughs> like, I don't wanna put him on the spot, be like, do you wanna pray? But is there anything you wanna tell God? Because he would love to hear from you. And usually he goes, no, you do it, you do it, you do it. <laughs> I don't know if it's shyness or whatever, but the other night um, I was like, okay, like Shepard, is there something you wanna tell Jesus? And he was super pumped that they changed his like, make-believe kitchen area into a pizzeria. Like that was a big deal his in yeah. his four-year-old classroom. <laughs> and so he goes, yes, but like, Cover, cover you, cover your head. And so we all had to go under the blanket, except for Shepard, because he needed to be alone with the Lord. And so he prayed this prayer, if we do want to throw it up on the screen. It's a running joke in my family. Nothing is on my Instagram story that doesn't make it to you all on Sunday. Um, but this was his prayer. He said, dear Jesus, thank you for my house and my room and my mommy and daddy's office for some reason that he's not allowed in um, and my bed. And thank you that mommy got me a new toothbrush. It has minions on it. He's very excited. Yeah, he's thinking of that. <laughs> and that they made that pizza place in Jesus name. Amen. And it was very sweet that just like, I love that just that opportunity every time we're like, hey, you can say something if you want. And he chose to, to actually tell God something. And so we're weeping. We're underneath these blankets weeping. We're like, that was the best prayer I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> so pure. I told him, I was like, Shepard, I don't think I've ever cried when someone prayed for their new toothbrush before. But I promise you, tonight I did. But we were so, we were so glad in that moment that we didn't just give up and, not, and stop offering him the opportunity, yeah. right? And so what we're encouraging you today is, Continue to follow those things that God's designed and let him define the things in your life, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family, in who you are. And at the just the right time when you feel like giving up, he'll have this moment where it's like, oh my gosh, this is what we've been waiting for. Like just for the fact, all those words are great, but it's just the fact that he knew that God was listening to him when he prayed. 
Like, don't give up on that. And that's truly powerful. And one of the things that I've always held in our marriage is Adrienne, when we got married, uh, she got me uh, a kind of custom-made wedding ring off Etsy. I told her, don't give me any expensive one because, you know, I, I probably will lose it because I have this tendency to take it off and play with it in my hand while I'm speaking and spinning it around. And, and I literally, Valentine's table. Day launch, I just lost one of the replacements that I had. So she's very, very careful to encourage me, though, during those moments. And I keep the one that she gave me when we got married on my nightstand, on my dresser at home, because I've gotten a little bigger since we've gotten married, and so it doesn't fit my finger anymore. Uh, yes, again, please pray for me uh, dealing with that. But on the inside of the ring, she inscribed uh, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Here's what it says. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if, it, if I allow anything but death to separate us. For marriage, it's where the vow comes from, till death do us part. Not till I'm bored with you or until I'm tired of you. No, till death. We need to understand that God's designed relationships and marriage to be a commitment and a choice. A, just like Adrian just said, a covenant relationship. Not a contract that we sign, but a covenant relationship that is between us and God. Understanding that wherever you go, I'll go. In the good times and the bad times, I will follow you, I will be with you. I'm so thankful that Adrian's been right by my side during my best moments and my absolute worst moments. And I think about when we got married and she slid that ring on my finger, it was inscribed that that commitment we were making to each other, wherever you go, I go, I'm with you no matter what. And I love that story. Of, obviously, I chose it to put it on the ring. Um, <laughs> but I love, if you haven't read it, I love the story of Ruth because it's like, it is such a testimony of faithfulness yes. of like, I'm committed. Like she's actually saying this to Naomi and not to like her, her boo, member, her yeah. boo. <laughs> yet um, that would come later. Um, but I just love that she was like, hey, no matter what, like I'm going to stay faithful. I want to stay with you. I'm stuck to you. You can't get rid of me. And like the testimony, whether it's in marriage or in something else in your life, to see the beautiful the beautiful testimony of faithfulness and how God's blessed our marriage yes. in those moments where you're like, okay, I don't really want to go there. Um, I don't feel like I'd like to go there, but I go where you go. Mm-hmm. Like unity over everything, yes. you know? So I like Ruth and I, I like that verse. Yeah, well, thank you. It's good. To rem- it's good a reminder for all of us. And what we wanted to do is, you know, we are well, obviously we're celebrating seven years this year, but we also want to celebrate the, that this is a proven concept for even a generational life as well. That have walked through some things, walked through the journey of faith, walked through journey of raising kids to adults. And so we wanted to bring uh, one of our favorite couples to join us, who have encouraged Adrian and I in our life and in ministry, and have just become friends of the house and speak life into our church. And they're going to join us on stage. Would you clap your hands and give a shout for Pastor? Pastor Joe and Sandra Lugo as they come and join us up on stage today to share a little bit with us uh, about just kind of healthy marriage, healthy family life. Let me grab you these stools over here, Pastor Joe, so you can come and join us. Yes. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Senek, if you want to hand them that microphone. So I met Pastor Joe back at uh, the church that we came from. And he was our Spanish church pastor there, but we just had a lot in common. 
you know, he's a big Steelers fan, I'm a big Bucks fan, you know, so there's at times where we've cried together over our franchises and all of that. We're both in the same place, like who's going to be our quarterback next, right? We're waiting, patient, but also we've just become friends in ministry and to be able to witness just you and Sandra as husband and wife in ministry, leading uh, church and also raising some incredible young men who are over here in the second row. Um, it's been awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you guys got married, your story, and then we'll also have some little discussion as well, so. Gosh, I don't know if there's enough time to this. Here's the, the short version is, is that I grew up in church. I left church, uh, went through a tough time, for some reason went back to church, saw her, and uh, for some reason, and I saw her and I said, I'm going to marry her. I told that to my mother. My mother said, you're crazy. Decent girls don't want anything to do with you. That's coming from my mother. And then I tried to talk to her and she said, I heard about you, I want nothing to do with you, get your life right with God before we even talk. So I said, I could fake it until I make it. I'm gonna fake it for a little while, and make her believe it. But in the process of trying to fake it, I really found the Lord Yeah. Um, and my life transformed. So I, I, I got the Lord and, and I got the girl. <laughs> oh, mom, that's exciting. That's, some, that's that, an encouragement that for somebody went? out that's there. That's accurate? It really is how okay. it yeah. went, yeah. Is that how you remember it, too, Sandra? Is yes. that how it okay. Yes, I remember two years he had away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two long years. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, though. Every bit. <laughs> well, what I, what I love is, you know, we're kind of talking about, um, like Adrian said before, unity. And that actually comes from Scripture. On, on your note card, it, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And that's been a big journey for, I think, a lot of us, and especially us. Understanding that this is about us together, not us individuals anymore. So Pastor Joe and Sandra, talk a little about what it's looked like to walk in unity over your years of marriage, of family, obviously in the beginning, at different points spiritually, but coming together, and then I know a big move down here, and stepping into ministry and all those things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I do remember is that I, I always wanted um, a partner that would uh, that would take me into account, not just me following that person. Hmm. So uh, when I prayed, that was one of my deal breakers. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, thank, I, I am so thankful to God for him because uh, actually, you know, that came uh, to pass. He actually, you know, I would follow him on his dreams, dreams, I can't speak now, and he would also follow me, so when, uh, when I said, you know, when I graduated and I needed a, needed a job and Florida offered me a job, he didn't say, no, you're not going, we're not going to Florida, he actually, and so that unity, I think, is what has carried us for over the years, is to, is to listen to each other and be each other's uh, friend and each other's partner, um, and yeah. Awesome, I didn't know all that. This is good for us healing. You know, we're opening up. It's good. (laughs) I think the one thing that we had for each other was respect. Mm. I respected what she thought, who she was, her opinions, and what she wanted out of life. And I think she did the same for me as well. And so because of that, we found a way to make that work for both of us. And so individual dreams became couple dreams. It became our dreams. And that's how we've gotten here today. Yeah, that's great. I think a lot of times, because we're almost seven years in, I think a lot of times we feel that frustration because you're, you're like human body and your flesh mindset, 
you want to be what I want to do. And it's a kingdom mindset that gets you to, okay, us. Yes. Like, that's a kingdom thing. That's not something that, like, you naturally fall into. Oh, oh I love just being a we and having to collaborate on life. <laughs> like, that, it doesn't come naturally, and that's where a lot of those early year frustrations have come from. But the blessing that God has brought when we do tap into that kingdom mindset of we. Yeah. It's we over everything. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're going to go today. If you want to get your, get your outlines back out, I wanted to give you two vows to take this morning, two vows to make today. And I think this first one is key for all of us. This is where this speaks to everyone in this room. I promise that God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Yeah. This one's really important to write down and really write on your hearts as well. Because I think most relationships and marriages end because we expect our significant other to be God in our life, when only God can be God yep. in our life. Yep. We expect them to be able to fulfill us when only God can. They expect us, that we expect them to fill those empty things in our life and those voids that we've walked this, to heal our brokenness, to forgive us of our things, when really only God can do that. See, the thing is, not only are you setting up all of your future relationships for failure, but you're setting up that person for failure as well because you're putting benchmarks for them they'll never be able to reach. I can never be Jesus for Adrian, and she can never be Jesus for me. There is only one Jesus, and he is our first priority. He was the one who gave his life. He was the one who was the son of God, who walked this earth fully man and fully human. He was the one that conquered death. He was the one that's at the right hand. He is the one that is right now at the right hand of God, praying and interceding for you right now in this moment. So that has to be my first priority. That has to be the thing that I seek first. And all these other things will be added unto me. It's one of the biggest things we can write down and hold on our hearts is that no one else can be God in my life except for God. No one else can fill that void. It may work for a little while, but eventually that person will fail you because they're a person. Eventually that person will be so overwhelmed by, let's just be real, by your need that they won't be able to step into that role anymore. Yeah. Only God can, can walk through those limits. Only God can carry all those burdens. Only God can be who you need a person to be in your life. And that person has a name and that name is Jesus. So God has to be our first priority and my spouse will be my second. Now let me give you a couple statements to write down and then we'll kick it back with some questions. The first thing to write down, this is for again everyone, is to seek God while preparing for my two. Now we, we share this statement pretty much every time Adrian and I talk. Because so many of us are saying, even just like Pastor Joe, you said it earlier, like we think God is like this. Get all your stuff right, and then you can have a relationship with me. We may say it this way. Okay, I, just when I, until I get married or I get in that serious relationship, God, then I'll make things serious with you. Totally backwards. Seek God right now in this moment while you prepare for your two. Guess what? You'll never be fully prepared for marriage. You'll never be prepared for a humble and open relationship in your life. But you can be more prepared than you were yesterday by seeking and trusting God. I know Adrienne has some things she wants to share about this, and then I'll kick it back to Pastor Joe and Sandra as well. Yeah, just in preparing for this message, I've had such a heart for people who are in singleness and in that season right now, and just asking God, like, hey, like, what is that encouragement? What's that wisdom? Yes. And reading in Matthew, I love that in Matthew, Jesus 
does a nod to that verse in Genesis. Like he defines marriage again. Just in case you thought that was all the way back in Genesis, I'm gonna tell you this is what it is (laughs) again. But then he also defines singleness, that there's some that you're single because you believe that that's what you're called to. Like in this life, I am called to be single. The, the, the plan and purpose for my life requires singleness. And I just want to encourage if that is your plan for your life, that doesn't stop you in ministry, that doesn't stop you in success. Like marriage is not a prerequisite to the plan that God has for your life. That yes, yes. some are called to singleness and you could never live out the purpose on your life if you weren't obedient to that. And some are single for a God purpose and a kingdom purpose, kind of like a royal priesthood of yes. like, God, I, you are my two. Yeah. You are the two in my life, and I'm committed to you. And then there's some who are single because they're waiting, because they, they desire to have that too. And the encouragement I have for you here is what we were saying Like while you're preparing for that too. There's something worse than, I think, uh, the loneliness and the singleness um, and I re- got a piece of wisdom from a pastor of, a, of ours when we were preparing for ministry. And she said, she's like, well, if the enemy can't stop you, she'll speed you up. Meaning like you can rush it, you can force it, you can make decisions that kind of expedite what you want to happen and you kind of make it happen in your own strength. But it kind of is deviating from like, God's like, oh, no, 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 no. I had you waiting for a reason. I had you going this way for a reason. I was cultivating and preparing something in this waiting. Don't skip the waiting. And so there's something worse than being single, and that's forcing it and making it happen. And then you're entering into a covenant with something that's already so difficult, but not with the person God had for you. Yeah. And that's so much more difficult. Like, you see those memes going around all the time, like, pick your hard. Like, it's our, marriage is already hard, but to choose it by trying to speed it up. And to encourage you to, I don't know what the waiting is for, but you don't want, like, uh, Abraham, Ishmael situation. <laughs> That's a whole teaching for another day. But speeding it up, entering into a covenant that was never meant to be yours in the first place. You have no idea what this waiting is protecting you from shielding you from potential pain, potential abuse that you had no idea was in that peripheral. But God's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep you in this waiting. I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to cultivate you for one day giving you that promise. It may not look like what you thought it was going to look like or in your time frame, but seeking God first and saying, God, whatever you have for me is what I want. Yeah. And I love that I heard recently that you're not going to miss it. God's too big of a target. <laughs> I heard that recently, that God's too big of a target. You can't miss him. Yeah. If your eyes are set on him and you're like, God, I'm going to seek you first, you're not going to miss it. Yeah. But you don't want to force it. So while you're preparing for that too, you can never do wrong by just seeking God. And that's going to be in your marriage too. I have never felt more distant from him than when I'm lacking in my one-on-one time with the Lord. Mm, yes. Like, if I feel like we're not on the same page, it's usually because I've been like phoning it in or going through the motions with my time with God. Like if my eyes are set on God, the unity is in the all these other things will be added. Yeah. You know, for so sure. I had that in my heart. And the enemy today. would try to convince you that you're always past restoration, you're always past healing, right. that, you know, God's forgotten about you. The enemy just loves to lie to us. And I want you to encourage you, no matter what decisions or choices you've made, there's forgiveness there. There's redemption there. There's restoration. Yeah. God is way too big and way too of a loving God to say, well, okay, I'm done with you. He never says that. Yeah. And it, we can feel that way sometimes. 
So, talk, Pastor Joe, talk a little about those, that two years, right? Like, yeah, that they've had to prepare, you know? So, what was that like? What was the preparing like? Like, being patient and waiting. Coming from a life, I mean, I know your story, like, you got everything you wanted. Like, if you wanted it, you had it. You did it. Now is, okay, wait and prepare. What was that like? How difficult was that? It was, uh, it was extremely difficult. <laughs> One of the things that I learned in the, in the preparing and in the waiting is that I needed to become the person that I'm looking for who is looking for. Yes. Right? So, so if, you wanna, if you have a, an idea in mind, and I did. This, this was my idea. <laughs> and she kind of gave me the clue at the beginning. She said, you need to become a certain type of person. So that, that was the challenge, right, to become. And, and thank God I found God in, in, that, in, that, in that preparing. Because I will tell you this, and, and if you don't remember anything, I'll remember this. When this relationship is good, this yep. relationship yes. is yep. good. Yes. When this relationship is not good, this relationship is not good. Right. My commitment is to God first. And I know that in, in, in if, I, if I mess up here, I'm offending God. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so because I don't want to offend God, I wouldn't do that. Not that I want to offend my wife. I love her. I want to be everything that I can for her, right? Yes. But I think that there needs to be two commitments, right? Yeah. The, two, mm-hmm. the two reasons, the yeah. two purposes. So, yeah. so in the preparing, it was hard. I, I will tell you that while you're preparing, while you're in that process, just try to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That's great. And Sandra, talk a little bit about, because I think this is also good wisdom for a lot of us here, is that at the time, you know, it's like, okay, this guy's interested in me, yes, rather, but you didn't, like, go back on maybe convictions you had, because I think one of the things that we can do sometimes is see someone, well, they could be who I'm looking for, or there's potential there, but right now they're a problem, but you're like, no, 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 it doesn't matter if potential at all, this guy's a problem, like, he's got, and so I think that's important for us, because sometimes we can get distracted, because on nothing, again, breeds unhealth like an unhealthy person coming in. And so to have that conviction, say, you know what? No, here's what you need to do. What did that look like? How did God prepare you through that and through that waiting season, but also just have those strong convictions to say no and say, we're going to wait on this and we're going to figure this out. So thinking back um, on on that time of our lives, I just, you know, I just thank God for for giving me that wisdom to to wait. But I, I do remember that it wasn't, um, a difficult thing to say, wait, but it was actually a rewarding thing for me to, th- to see him growing in the Lord yeah. and actually keeping away from me and keeping <laughs> from, you know, uh, you know, trying to make, make me fall in love with him. He was yeah. just like, you know, he took that seriously. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was the president of the youth at that time. And then pretty soon he was the Bible, Bible, um, you know, uh, teacher. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. Maybe he'll, maybe he forgot about me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, I was always trusting in God. It was, it was, it's a long story, but, you know, trusting God has been my way of life and my way of, you know, keeping the bad out yeah. and yeah. just trusting God. And, and I learned early in, in, uh, in my, my, my life that that was the way to go and, and just yeah. trust him. So one thing that I learned from her in that process, I remember when she said, I'm sorry, this, <laughs> you need to go fix yourself, right? <laughs> Not in those many words, but that's what I heard. So <laughs> this is what I've learned from her, is that you should never settle. Yeah. You should never settle. Don't yeah. compromise. Don't base your life on what could be, because then your life becomes a what could be. 
God doesn't want you to settle. That's why he gave you Jesus. So you don't have to settle. Yeah. Why should you settle in a spouse when you're going to make that kind of commitment? So yeah. what I learned from her is that she trusted God enough to know that she wasn't going to settle. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the one. Well, I am. You are the one, baby. I am the one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. later. But what I'm one. saying is that because we get desperate and run out of patience, sometimes we'll settle for what could be right. instead of committing to what is yeah. and what should be. That's great. Yeah. I love that. And what I heard both of you guys say individually is, Sandra, I heard you say, I fell in love with Joe as he fell in love with God. Yeah. And then, Pastor Joe, you pretty much said, we chase after what could be, and then we find ourselves wondering what could have been. Right. And so I think those are really good keys for us to think about. And the second thing underneath this first vow is to also seek God alongside our two. And that's really important. Because, again, when things begin to become unbalanced in the sense of one side of the relationship or the marriage is so invested and so connected to God, and the other side is devoid of that, I'm not saying that's reason to separate, but it is going to create a lot of division, a lot of unhealth. You're going to suffer and your family's going to suffer. And so when we make that commitment that God's our priority and we seek God together, just like we pretty much have all said, when this is good, this is good. And I came across this little object lesson. You know me. I love to give you ways you can visualize it. Your handle to pick up for tomorrow morning when you need to carry this solution into your problem is that look at life and especially our committed relationship of marriage as kind of a triangle with God at the top. All right? So we'll throw it up on the screen. So God is at the top of our committed marriage, of our committed relationships, and then on one side, you obviously have husband. On the other side, you have wife, right? Now, the farther away, just let's have a little geometry lesson. <laughs> the farther we are away from God, the top, the farther away we get. But the more our priority becomes seeking God first, the closer we naturally grow together. Very nice. Thank you. Now, so that's important to understand is that we keep God first, we seek him in our personal time of prayer, our personal time of God's word, our together time of coming to church, and realizing that as we seek God first, we naturally come together. And for those of us who have kids, or for those of us who wanna have kids in our life, then kids follow that process, that as mom and dad grow closer to God, the kid moves up as well, the bottom moves as well, the foundation moves as well. As Shepherd sees Adrian and I, and as uh, Pastor Joe and Sandra's sons have seen them seek God, they begin to see God as something that is not just something we believe in. It's part of our family. It's part of our marriage. It's who we are. So the commitment now is to seek God alongside each other, to seek God with each other. There's nothing better than praying together, right? There's nothing, you got, maybe you don't see it if you're not on the home team, but my favorite part of Sunday mornings is when Adrian and I get to hold hands and walk the little the front aisle here, the front altar here, and just pray for the morning. Pray together. That's my favorite time. And if you don't pray together as a family, that should change today. <laughs> if you don't pray with your significant other, that should change today uh, because you can't do it without that. And so we have to make that vow. God's first. This is second. I see God alongside my two, but I'm also taking every moment, if I'm single now, preparing for my two. Let me give you the second thing that I think is really key. Um, again, it's a little bit more marriage specific, but I think it's good, good tools for you later on, is that my second vow is I'm always gonna pursue my spouse. I'm always gonna pursue my number two. Why do so many marriages break and end? Why are so, so many relationships just broken and move on from each other and just one after the other? It's because by nature, we pursue what we don't have. The temptation is always, well, I have this, but what don't I have? Yeah. It's not how God works. 
What an appropriate even story we shared during the offering encouragement. What has God given you? Okay, pursue that. What has God created you with? Okay, pursue that. What has God brought into your life when it comes to not settling in those convictions? Okay, pursue that. Don't pursue what you don't have because you'll always be frustrated. You will always be divided. You will always be in this unhealthy place of, well, what if I had that? It's not what it's about. Because if I pursue what I have, I love it and appreciate it even more. When I pursue what I have, I see how it's exactly what I've needed. Adrian is the exact person that I needed in my life to become the best version of myself that I could be. And it's when I pursue her first that things begin to make sense. It's when I trust that this is so important and so pivotal that I begin to pursue her even more. And I don't care what I don't have because I love and appreciate and, and am so grateful for what I've been given through the grace of God. And yeah. if I can honor oh, you for you. just, sorry. there's a nice awe, that was really beautiful. <laughs> if I can honor you for a second, like I've noticed in my life that as I pursue you and as I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get over any frustrations or resentments that I have in our marriage. Like, you know, when you're talking to someone and they're looking off and you're like, what, what, what are you looking at? You look where they're looking, his eyes are set on God. And so every time I'm like putting him in that position where I'm needing him to be God in my life, I'm like, come on, come on. I'm like, oh, oh he's looking that way. And then I look that way. So he's been such a good leader in our family of like, hey, my eyes are fixed this way. If things aren't work, like working, you need to be looking in the same direction I'm looking. And I've had to check myself, and you've been that person in my life that keeps me back with my eyes set on God because that's where you're looking at. So I'm looking where you're looking, you know? Awesome, yeah. Well, you can give an amen to that. It's so good stuff. If I can honor you with that. <laughs> Um, I want to give you the last point, and then I'll kick it back to Pastor Joe and Sander for, uh, for one more minute as we close. But look at this verse in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. It says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. This is work. That's been work. <laughs> like, it, this isn't just happened overnight, whether it's, how long have you guys been married now? 29, going into our 30th year. Woo! Come on, everybody. That's exciting right there. That's great. Yeah. That's a sandals year. 30, that's a sandals year. Very nice. Sure. So seven years, 30 years, it's work. It's, it's humility. It's honor. It's respect. It's sacrifice. It's servanthood. It's a struggle. But where is the secret? Depending on Jesus's mighty power that works within us. See, when we don't feel like working anymore, we understand that Jesus is working alongside us. Let me give you this last point. Healthy relationships aren't measured by your emotions. They are measured by commitment. That's why we say, I do. It's not just something pretty. It's why at marriages within the church, there's, we wrote out a long time ago, if anyone's here that disagrees with this union, let them speak now. No, that belongs nowhere in the ceremony <laughs> because they should have said it beforehand, not then. Because this is a time of commitment. It's the time of realizing it's not about me, it's about God, it's about Adrian, it's about my spouse. So just Pastor Joe Sander, provide some final encouragement for just us today. 30 years in the game, going strong. Here's what I would say, based on the last statement, the one that's on the screen there. Um, love is not enough. We can't love like God loves. So we love in that husband-wife love. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you think love is enough, you're going to fail. Here's why. Because there are a lot of people who aren't together who still love each other. They just can't stand each other. <laughs> right? Is, yeah. is that true or is that not true? Yeah. So love is not enough. You know what is enough? Your commitment. 
Yes. That's what makes it work. When you say, I am going to do this, I'm committing to God, I'm committing to my wife, I'm committing to this marriage, I'm committing to this relationship, I'm committing to representing God in our relationship. I'm going to honor God, I'm going to honor my wife, I'm going to honor my family. It's commitment that makes it work. First, your commitment to God, and then your commitment to your spouse and your family. Great. Come on, that's good right there. That's really good, everybody. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with us as we close.